0: Hello, my name is Joel McLeod. I'm Roland Tanner. And welcome to a Tuesday version of the 905 Roundup. Uh, Today we are doing this just, this is the last Tuesday prior to the Ontario election, which will officially be on Thursday. Uh, Just so uh, you can mark this in your calendars, people, we're going to be doing a, there'll be no episode on Thursday, instead we'll be doing a special live cast uh, that that evening starting at 9 p.m. Uh, as the votes come in and the uh, te- the the seats get won, we'll be following and we'll be uh, giving you our, our expert insight analysis and a few other people hopefully will be joining us to uh, share their insight and what this will mean for the future, not only of the 905, but of uh, Ontario for um, presumably the next four years as it's uh, going to look like. Uh, so make a note, we'll be p- posting uh, links to, uh, to join us all over, uh, social media. So make sure you like, follow, share, spread the word. Uh, it'll be a good fun night, hopefully for all of us. But on that note, uh, we're going to focus on, on the election cause we've been covering it, uh, in our own way for the last, I'm going to say it's almost been two months since we started doing the, uh, the leader interviews and then uh, our breakdown of the platform. So almost two months of covering this roller coaster of uh of i know i'm not even gonna say, i, I this, that's the point of this episode is we not even call it a roller coaster <laughs> it's just been completely merry-go-round not what we expected <laughs> roller coaster well, is well, the right
1: word is it uh no we were well we were expecting this to be coconut shy
0: <laughs> a little bit we're well we're, we're we're looking there going um you know based based on the last two three years of the of the global pandemic and the outrage that was felt by millions of people in the, in the 905 over various Doug Ford and Ontario Progressive Conservative government policies relating directly to COVID, we thought this was going to be a cakewalk for uh, the NDP or the Liberals to walk out and uh, and take a, a lead in this easily. Um, as we can tell from the polls and the and the mood in the in the province, that is clearly not the case, and that's kind of what we want to talk about tonight is just you know where where did this thing go south for the progressive option in this uh in this province
1: yeah yeah I mean it, it it doesn't seem to have come alive this election and I guess I mean we did foresee that I think in that we both looked at the lead the the two main opposition leaders and we questioned their ability to uh really kind of set the world alight um in in terms of you know their personal charisma or whatever and i, and I kind of hate the fact that elections come down to personal charisma but unfortunately they do um and, and you know the the stephen del duca was was fighting an uphill battle in terms of anybody actually knowing who he is um after four years which you know fine third place leader th- i mean third uh, leader of the third party not having the money that the Liberals have previously enjoyed, you can make excuses. He also failed to get himself
0: elected to a in any by-election, um, which is you know. Well, he didn't run any in a, any by-election. No. That should also be pointed out, which I thought was a I that to me was a puzzling stratagem to say you need to get your face at, on the news a, as much as possible, and a good easy way to do that is if you're in third place and you don't have a lot of money to do a lot of events win yourself a seat and get yourself on question period so that you at least get some news coverage every night on the evening news. I mean,
1: and even, even, even negative coverage. Cause I, th- I think back to John Tory, right? I mean, John Tory had a huge problem trying to get himself elected to parliament. He lost twice. I think he was beaten by Kathleen Wynne. I have a feeling he ran against Kathleen Wynne and yeah, she beat, beat him and he ran, a, yep. uh, he ran in a rural riding and he lost that. Um, but, On the other hand, everybody knew who he was by the time the election came around, and I don't think you can say the same
0: for for Stephen Del Duca. Um, And we well, I think the odd problem is that people are now discovering Stephen Del Duca for a while. And you ask who was the leader of the Liberals, they probably still would have said, "Oh, Kathleen Wynne." Uh, People are now just starting to wake up and see who he is, and it's too too little, too late.
1: Uh, And I do give some. I do recognize, I think we have to recognize that it's much harder than you think to get media attention for provincial politics at any time other than during a provincial election. Um, And this is a problem that, that I know the liberals constantly found problematic when they were in office because it's like, okay, we've got all this good stuff, but no one will cover it. Um, you know, and you may think it wasn't good stuff, but whatever things that, you know, the party couldn't get, it felt it couldn't get its messaging out. The opposition equally feel they can't get their messaging out. Uh, And it is a real problem. And in a world where fewer, you know, fewer and fewer of us watch cable television, uh, I've probably seen two political ads during this election, which, which is kind of weird when you think about it, you know, it would have been by now I was, Pulling my hair out from from being sick of seeing political attack ads, and I haven't seen any. I guess they're running somewhere, but not where I go. Um
0: yeah, so well, I do you uh, recognize uh, that? On a, but on, on that note, I mean, let's let's this is something you and I talked about. Is that this campaign, the Liberals and the NDP are pulling the playbook. I'm you you want to say from 2018? I'm going to say even further back from that. They're they're going 2011. They're, I think they've been going like 2003. They're thinking back to when uh, McGinty. Won against Ernie Eves way, way back in the day, um, and that's kind of the playbook that they're that they're using in this election, which is woefully out of date for the modern times. You said you made a good point with, oh yeah, it's really hard to use the traditional media to get your message out there, and yet I look at it and say, why do you need the traditional media except may, except at, a, at election times just to say, yeah, I'm I'm in this town, I'm I'm seeing this thing on on this date. You had four years. Del Duca had four years. He was elected just prior to when the pandemic hit. He had a good number of, they had a good number of years to use social media, use new media, use new technology to reach out and break the mold that was, that they're relying on now to break that mold and to go over the heads of the, of the talking, the, sorry, the talking heads of the media, go around the Tories and beat them at their own game. They could they could do something really, and this goes for the NDP as well. I should say, they could use that to make something really unique, and they don't. And I don't know if that's because it's a lack. of, I, I think I know why the NDP did it, and that's that's my. They they just felt it was their turn. I always find the NDP are very lazy, in terms of this stuff. They they want they want it, and they think they deserve it. And when they don't get it, it's always somebody else's fault.
1: But I think uh, they sometimes a, they they sometimes fall for their own their own hype, you know um that you know every election i've been in canada or well, every election since the natief, natief election where the federal Liberals went into third place i've seen the tweets and, and the comments about oh yeah the orange wave is coming and it's like yeah you can say that you can say that but but it really isn't that's not how elections actually work you know it, when you talk about momentum and all this kind of stuff like it's a game of football uh, it's it's not it's kind of baloney, but I think people sometimes mm-hmm. fall for it, uh, you know. And this idea that, well, you know, if 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 only we can get the liberals out the way, everybody actually wants to vote NDP. It's just because we have this electoral system where where people vote uh, liberal because they feel they have to. Well, what's your excuse now? Um, I, I, you know, and I'm not I'm not having a go at the NDP particularly. Um, we having, I think we've been pretty even-handed in having a go at absolutely everybody.
0: <laughs> um, I do too. I mean, I don't. I'll, there, there were you, when we did our our coverage on our analysis of all the party platforms. I thought we were pretty even-handed in terms of what we thought worked and what where we thought the platforms fell short. And all of them did fall short. And certain, I think comprehensively, what I, I got out of it was the fact that this all of the three major opposition parties, including the Greens, on this just kind of, I I always felt that they just you didn't acknowledge the fact that we came out of a global pandemic P, like th- there's nothing to address the the manufacturing shortfalls that are existing on the supply chain. Uh there's nothing to address um short like the, the idea is oh we'll just throw some money at long-term care homes, which is something that you and I talked about beforehand. Uh, why was that not the, not the albatross on Doug Ford's neck was the long-term care homes. And uh, here's here's if any political parties listening out there and they want to hire me as a consultant um here's what i would have done i would have had my leader uh let's call them leader x standing outside of a pick a long term care home was one one that had a horrible track record during the the yeah pandemic. there's no shortage and in order, no shortage like you you can do you may do a slideshow of them and just stare directly at the camera and ask the viewer are you comfortable with sending your loved one here, knowing everything that we've been through in the last two years? Right now, this moment, if you, where are you comfortable putting your loved one, your mo- your mother or your father, in this, or your wife or your husband, in one of these homes? If you, the answer is no, you have to thank Doug Ford. And that that to me, that's that is it. You don't need a, a long-winded answer because the, the, everybody knows the answer to that. The answer is no. God no. I, 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 the last place I wanted to go is a long-term care home in this province. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, uh, and, but, and instead, uh, like, yeah, you had, yeah.
1: yeah. It, I, I was speaking to a friend at the weekend, and and you know, a friend who who had reason to to remember with with no great pleasure the, the the whole gas plan issue, and how that was made a millstone around the neck of of two premiers. um Now, fair enough, those two premiers still managed to win elections uh, during it. It was only at the third kind of kick at the can that it really caught up. However eventually the opposition made that issue really stick to the liberals. Um, Now, no one died in the gas plant scandal. It was money um, at worst. And there was a whole lot of, you you can argue here and there and the other way about the truth and not so much truth about the gas plant thing. But (laughs) what we do know with long-term care is that people were dying abandoned in their beds of COVID, unvaccinated, unprotected, the staff were leaving because they didn't felt. feel safe. Um, the 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 everybody's worst nightmare of dying alone, abandoned in a squalid, uh, you know, in utter situation of so un- un- undignified squalid manner possible happened. We let that happen, and it happened on Doug Ford's watch. Why? Why is that not even? You know, far less of a millstone. It's not even a pebble around his neck. Yeah, I mean, it, it really seems that, that the the long term care issue should be the should be the gas plant um story around the neck of of uh, of, the, of this government. You know, the, the thing that they simply cannot get off their back, and yet the opposition just hasn't made that issue stick. They,
0: um, they, it tells me if they take it if they took the pandemic seriously or not. You know, and, and I think that's kind of why uh uh Andrew Horvath and Stephen del Duca are not uh are, are not registering with people it's that people took it very there are a lot of people who did take it seriously you see their their reaction to uh uh the truck convoy in Ottawa and how people were upset with how that played out and just that not not how it played out but just the sheer anger that people had towards how dare these people make light of the last two or three years that, you know, that they'd say like, you know, we, we weren't going through it. We weren't dealing with the, 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 the pain of it all. You know, the, the lost loved ones due to COVID, the lost businesses, the, the cutting off of social connections, because, you know, that's what you had to do. And that anger, I think is still there. It's shifted that anger has shifted from how dare these people to more of a defeatist. Like I'm on my own kind of attitude. Like it's, it's clear, like Del Duca and Horvath, weren't paying attention to the same script as uh as the rest of us and that's what i'm st- i that's what i'm thinking what we're seeing in the polls right now isn't so much an endorsement of doug fortis as people realize i'm on my own these people don't didn't get it they don't get the fact that i want to work from home they don't get the fact that i want uh you know I- i'm concerned about my affordability my affordability and nobody's talking about uh you know people feel like they aren't standing up for themselves, right? The the systems are broken, things don't work. And again, the thing that Del Duca keeps hammering home is, you know, the buck a ride. That's, that's, that's what his campaign has been known for, is this buck a ride platform piece. And the sad thing is there were parts in that platform that I thought, wow, that's a really comprehensive thing to back up, you know, a, hey, we get it. The system's broken. We need to fix it. And they're not, that's not what they're playing. They they They're, they're going for this, let's go for the quick, you know, one, two, three catchphrase, and maybe that will will buy some votes, and it's clearly not because I think the votes that he wants to attract, the votes that Andrew Horvath and Del Duca are are shopping for, are smart enough to say, yeah, I don't care. And again, we just point out those are the people who said, I, I. The good thing about the pandemic was I liked working from home. I don't want to go back on a go on a go train into Toronto uh, five days a week. No, thank you, sir.
1: Yeah, and obviously there are some people who don't have the choice, and uh, but but there are an awful lot of people who who you know to someone made the point to me a few weeks ago, you know, it's on, only us downtown elites who get to work from home. And I don't actually think that's true. I really don't think that's that's entirely true. I mean, to sort of imply that anybody who works in an office is, is an elite, it's just garbage. Um, an, awful lot of, uh, uh, an awful lot of people are, uh, are office workers who spend most of the time working at a computer and those people, I, I just can't see how, how it doesn't make sense. For them to work at home, at least part of the time. Um, So yeah, it yeah, the the failing to capture the imagination in any shape or form. I don't really get. I mean, and and, you know, we know that there are people involved in these campaigns who have had success. Like, I mean, I believe uh, Don Guy, who was kind of the architect in many ways of of the McGinty era victories. You know, uh, he's had victories out uh west in bc as well and uh, kind of skipped the win era and very much came back home again um uh, when del Duca was elected leader you these are people who 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 should know what they're doing but i mean I think maybe the world has just moved on and, and that neither Horveth nor um del duca have, have, have kind of grasped that um and while i mean i remember being at a at a um you know a, a uh, event A decade or so ago with Don Guy and and the famous phrase was someone made some comment about, you know, going negative on the conservatives. And and the phrase was don't get into a pissing contest with a skunk. And at the time, I thought that was that was brilliant. And I I think for McGinty, uh, coming from the position of actually being in government, it made a lot of sense um because it's like you know if 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 you if you just throw mud at each other you'll end up covered with crap um and none of you end up looking good and i do get that however a real scandal is a real scandal and it deserves to be hammered um and i think you know we live in a world now where people get hammered constantly for things which aren't even remotely factual um but we don't have people for things, for actual scandals that happen, like old people dying in corridors uh, by the hundreds um, yeah. for weeks on end, for months on end in 2020 uh, because but of how, government wh- failure. And I don't. How I don't how get
0: that. How, the, how the the NDP or uh, the Liberals cannot get a an endorsement from a number of doctors across this province to say this, you know, people died because of this government's. Policies like we we saw this happening, it, it astounds me. Like it's almost like they, they just actively said no, no, we'll 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 treat this like every other. And I, that's what gets me. Like this this should not have been an election. This should have been an, a referendum on did like the, the the system is broken because of Doug Ford. Doug Ford's government did not invest in what was needed. Things are collapsing. Things are broken. Things don't work. It's on him to fix it. He's not doing it. This is my plan to fix it. And that is not what's happening here. It is the NDP come across as. Whiny and petulant, as you know. Hey, it's our turn now. Get out of the way. We should be sitting in the uh, in the seats of power, but they haven't done anything to earn it. And the liberals are coasting on what they presume everybody else sees. It's and it is that liberal arrogance. It's hey, doesn't everybody else see how bad Doug Ford is doing? And they they themselves say, yeah, we all know he's doing badly. He's, nobody's. I've yet to meet somebody who looks at Doug Ford and say, yeah, that guy. That guy knows what he's doing. He's he's the the leader that I want at the tail you know, at the head of the ship uh, for the next four years. I've yet to meet that person. Um, the best I heard is uh, he did the best he could with what he got. That's the best endorsement I heard of Doug Ford to date. And the fact that the, you know, it's that liberal arrogance of, oh of course, they're going to not going to vote for him. They're, gonna, they're going to, they'll see what we see. Cause you know, that's just it. And I think it's their undoing. I think it's their, I think it is the, the, the liberal party's undoing and the NDP's undoing on this one that they just, they, they assumed too much and they didn't want to do the legwork and they they're chalking up i think laziness to not adapt to the pandemic on the pandemic because the thing you'll say oh we couldn't get do press conferences uh because of the pandemic and i'm kind of like yeah why why would you don't do a press conference you could do anything you could start your own i don't know podcast you could start your own youtube channel you could do anything to promote your leader if you're not if he's not able to sit in the legislature you could do anything to promote them just think outside the box and they didn't they just said, oh that's what we have to do we have to we have to get the media aside. like no you don't that's that's the thing that doug ford has proven you don't need the media to win in this province you and, just uh, don't
1: and i think the fact that he didn't try harder to get himself into the legislature oh, um, yeah. and it's uh, well it'll be interesting to see i i I hear the Conservatives are throwing considerable resources at Vaughan to stop him winning. It'll be interesting to see whether whether Del Duca wins or not. I, we'll and find, that, that we'll really, find out on Thursday. Yeah, I mean that really seems to me like the the minimum requirement. Um, now I don't know; this is all rumor and hearsay and so on. But um, uh, you know, they don't you don't throw resources at one of the other leaders' ridings unless you think you've got a chance. Um, you know, no one's throwing a whole. A lot of money at uh, Hamilton Center right now, put it that way. I doubt, um, I don't even know what riding uh, uh, Doug Ford represents, but um, or Tobacco, I guess, but um, I I doubt the parties are throwing a whole lot of money at that. So if they are throwing money at Vaughn, that says something.
0: Um, why don't we take a break from that? Uh, for now, and we'll uh, come back after the after it for the, the latter half of the episode, and we're back, folks. Um, so we're going to take a peek more locally for this one. Um, if you're in Hamilton, no doubt you might've heard of the antics of, uh, everyone's favorite, uh, old timey counselor, Terry Whitehead, uh, just went off the rails a few days ago in a council meeting that, uh, you know, it kind of left a lot of people, I think, shaking their heads and, and just pondering what, what was going through his mind and, and what's going on on there. Um. Because it, 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 if, in case you don't, you, you weren't aware of what what happened. At the council meeting, Terry Whitehead went off on a whole conspiracy rant, uh, basically decrying it was things that he saw on online, social media, and what have you. Uh, the, one of the more outrageous claims that he he made was that uh, there's a cabal of 10%, of you know, a cabal of a few people on social media who only make up 10% of things said, but that's that's consuming 90% of the council's time and, and energy and, and whatnot. And, you know, it, it's, I don't know. I, we know that Terry Whitehead took a break to, uh, to pursue his own mental health, uh, his own mental health wellness, uh, which commend him for. And that's, I we bring it up. Cause I'm wondering, I would say it, it, do you think it did him any, any, any work, any, any good? Like did, or did he actually get any treatment? Um, Cause I'd be worried. This, I'd be, I'd be looking to say, maybe this isn't the best line of work for him if that's the case like if if he if if he does have serious mental health issues whatever they may be that he's sorting through really like it, it, it appears that this is the wrong line of work that he should be in to really uh nurture it, that 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 side of him to uh to health health healthfulness
1: yeah i mean i think it's important it's important when we're talking about someone's mental health and and he he he's the one who who well actually he didn't say mental health. He talked about a health issue. I think the world has assumed, uh, for whatever reason, that uh, it's a mental health issue. And I don't think that's an unreasonable assumption giving, given uh, Councillor Whitehead's uh, long-standing behavior. I mean, this is not new. Um, you know, it seems at the moment that he very much has decided to run almost as an act of spite against uh, the people who are urging him not to run and, and hoping and praying that anybody else might win.
0: I, I would go on, I'd furthermore and say it, his perceived enemies. Cause it, yeah. it, I mean, he was, he was going on for a whole rant about conspiracies and conspiracies and whatnot. I mean, it's, it's, it kind of, I, I, I'll be honest, it kind of crossed the line from farcical into like, are you okay?
1: Yeah. I, I don't think councilor Whitehead is okay, really. And I, I don't want to, I don't, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing because, you know, uh, These days, mental health is far too often used as an excuse for bad behavior, for getting away with bad behavior. You know, we we saw with the recent shootings in the States that Republican politicians' latest gambit is to say, oh, well, you know, this is someone with a mental health problem. And maybe, yeah, I mean, I I think you have to be kind of uh, troubled to pick up a gun and shoot people. But um, that doesn't get anybody off the hook for anything, you know. Um, So... It seems Councillor Whitehead is in not the best of health. Um, his behavior for a long period has been far short of what is considered acceptable um, behavior for, for a public servant, for, for an elected official. For anybody, um, let's be and, honest. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, he, he, his behavior is often eccentric. It's bullying. It's, it's unpleasant, you know, you know, and I, I always like to point out that, that, uh, mental health doesn't turn you into an asshole. um you know uh, you know the, 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 the stuff we had with, with with you know rob ford back in the day uh making racist comments I was like oh well you know it's a, it's a mental health problem it's like well you know i've had mental health problems and i've never been a racist um uh you know I, i've never come out with, with stuff like that right. um so 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 mental health is not a um excuse but- for for being really a very unpleasant like- uh, A person who is not fulfilling the job you know but does this play in his ward i don't know hamilton i don't know that part of hamilton well enough to, to even know that there is we are now in a world where where politicians who are consciously self-consciously um kind of courting chaos almost of being Okay, I'm going to be the person who throws the biggest hand grenade into this to just mess everything up. That is actually pe- appealing to a lot of voters. You know, it's it's the kind of um, primal scream school of politics that that we're in now. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the guy reelected, I've
0: got to say. Well, that's but you, you touch upon something there that's a little bit insidious, and I'm not going to I'm not going to accuse Councilor Woodhead doing this, but you know, it's something that we see. So his behavior is reminiscent of a lot, of, especially now. You know, it's a Good timing to kind of compare compare apples to apples, in my opinion, because we have seen south of the border the tra- the tragedy in in Uvalde, Texas, and then brought to light, You know, again, the gun control debate comes in for a weekend or two now back into the in the United States psyche, and you see the same politicians like the Ted Cruz, uh, the Donald Trumps, and and, and the uh, Mitch McConnell's and whatnot. You know, they all decry people saying, "Well, let's let's have a debate on it." As oh no, it's the liberal. Leftists, you know the the media. They want to. They they're they're it's a conspiracy to politicize the issue and you know whatever talking point they have. And I kind of see mirrors of that in what happened this weekend in in Hamilton City Council. I mean, clearly not not under the umbrella of that horrific tragedy. I'm not making a don't want to make light of that, but the same tactics and the same antics of. Oh, it's this conspiracy. There's a conspiracy of, you know, the 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 counselors on the they're they're conspiring against me. And they it's this cabal of leftists that don't want don't want me to speak the truth and don't want me to tell you tell it like it is. And I mean it's it's vague enough and it's ambiguous enough that you 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 it sounds serious and it sounds like wow, they just don't want him to speak and they should just let him let you know we what happened to open debate in democracy and say, Yeah, but this isn't debate, this isn't a you know, Roland, I think we should spend money on this project, and you say, well, no, Joel, I, I, I think that, that should be a top priority of the city. Well, I'm going to disagree on that one. I think this should be a top priority. And no, that's democracy. That's what a city council de- democratic process is supposed to be like. How do you spend the resources of the city? And you can have people very passionate about project X versus project Y or cause A to cause B. That's democracy. But when you get into this ambiguous accusation being thrown around about councillors involved in a shadowy conspiracy to silence debate and to bully and to, to, to it's a conspiracy against me. This is, that, wh- wh- who does this benefit other than Terry Whitehead in pursuing his bullying agenda to, I mean, like, let's remember, this is a guy who at a, uh, a, a council meeting on speed bumps on roads in Hamilton Decided that he had to go on and bully uh, basically just panelists, people, people who came to the microphone to advocate for, uh, you know, to, to slow down traffic on their, on their streets. And he took it upon himself, I'm going to take this to bullying the citizen and and belittle them. And it's like, this is the, this is the behavior we want to encourage and we want to endorse. I, I, you know, at some point we just have to say, no. this is this is not democratic this isn't democracy in action this is your ego this is your disrespect of the rest of us and you have to go
1: yeah and i'm hoping that message is getting through to the to the voters of of, um councillor whitehead's ward um uh i really hope it is because you know this is it's it's not it's not good enough. Um, now he is the tip of an ugly iceberg uh, at the end of the day. I mean, he's a very vocal. If I can mix all my metaphors, he's a very vocal tip on, a, on an ugly iceberg. Um, you know, the, the things that he's saying, uh, you know, this this kind of leftist cabal of conspiracy to take over Hamilton. This is being said by 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 two former mayors. Um certainly Larry Diani is is very much um spouting this 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 myth. Um uh, of this kind of leftist takeover, which, uh, you know, and um, and kind of Bob Bratina's um, seems to me, is also trying mm-hmm. to sort of channel that, um, you know, st- stop stop the, uh, you know, keep the enemies away from the gates or whatever, um, you know, and this is directed at, um, you know, councillor Maureen Wilson, uh, councillor Narendra Nan, and uh, councillor John Paul Danko uh, are kind of the three who are for that, you know, Jean-Paul Danko is a pretty funny communist. Um, (laughs) 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 And so, and so is Maureen Wilson. I mean, these, these are, these are moderate people who are suggesting ideas that are completely mainstream in many cities around the world. Things like, you know, maybe, maybe our roads could be arranged slightly better, you know, and the hysteria with which these comments are met, um, you know, that, the suggestion that maybe we, we don't let trucks and cars just mow people down on King street every week uh, is met with the kind of opinion that, you know, the, 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 this, this, you know, how dare
0: you come into this leftist pinko commie rabble.
1: Well, and I, I do think it's a syndrome that yeah. uh, that counselors who've been around too long. I mean, I never used to be a fan of, of term limits because I thought it was a hack. It's a, it's a way to hack the system to, to deal with the problem. And it's like a decent democracy shouldn't need it in practice. though. Counselors who stay around more than two or three terms, things get ugly. Um, they really need to go. Um and um yeah, well, it, it,
0: here's, it, it's, a, uh, here's a good here's a good a good lesson. Like if you're a voter in whatever city you happen to be in, um we're coming in, you know, you're you're coming up to the polls and we're gonna have another election later in the year. So you should ask if your member if your member has been there a long time, you know. Yeah, ask like what what is what were they hoping to accomplish, or what are they hoping to accomplish in two terms, let's say, give you a, a reasonable time, let's say like two full terms, because I, I believe if you're going to be a good, effective counselor or an MPP MP, if you will, you should have an idea of no, There's maybe. Two or three things locally I really want to advocate for. I really want to put forward at, at this level to get the money to do this or 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 to stop this or, or whatever have you. You really want to do that. And then maybe you have other things uh, uh, to work on, but you really should have an agenda in mind and a plan of what I want to accomplish, because I really think after a while, it just turns into a nine to five job for you. You're you not in that. And that's dangerous that you have a lot of power and you have a lot of influence sometimes. And instead of using that to advance or to make your community better, your city better, your 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 riding or whatever better, you just kind of treat it like no, it's my 9 to 5 job. I go in, I punch in, I punch out. Nobody's life is getting better. We're not building something better. We're not we're not making a system better. It's just you're there. It, is,
1: I don't think they see it that way I mean I think usually they stay on because they like the job and because it's the best job they'll ever have which is again it's the syndrome of like the worst yeah. people stay the longest because the, the worst people aren't going to get a better job the good people can go and do something else so after the a couple of turns, they go. You know, we, we started with um, uh, oh his name escapes me the uh, deputy mayor in uh, London, Jesse Helmer yeah. uh, you can't tell me that that's not a pretty smart guy, a hardworking guy who 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 people should be lining up to have uh, represent them. Um, but you know, he he's trying to get by on something like twenty thousand dollars a year, a, a wage designed for a part timer, uh, and he can go and do a lot of other things um, and earn a lot more money. Um, so you're left with the people who who well, you know, the people who can't do anything better and for whom. Having staff, you know, if you go into a city hall or any, you know, into Queen's Park or into Ottawa, politicians are surrounded by people who doff their caps. It's long tradition. It's like, yes, minister. Yes, you know, MPP, so and so. You're accorded huge respect. And it's really a, a very um, destructive way to live but i mean some people it doesn't affect it just bounces off and they appreciate it for the nonsense that it is Uh, you know and there's that you know if you remember watching the west wing they always called him mr president not jeb or whatever and the the arguments well you're you're because you're honoring the office not the person well it's (laughs) you know when you're getting that kind of cap doffing all the time it's difficult to separate the person and the cap doffing after a while so i mean it, it 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 poisons your brain, the pre- and, the president and, and also there, has there, there term is, limits, though, Roland. <laughs> well, that too, yeah. Um, but you know, then again, would I have taken the third term of uh, Obama? Uh, yes, I would. Uh, um, no. So it cuts both ways. But uh, ultimately, um, there is there is. There is a tendency for politicians around for a long time to become more and more arrogant because they feel they know more and more, and they are less and less willing to accept that anybody on an outsider who inherently does know less of the nitty gritty detail of what they do has less and less willingness to accept that they even have the right to comment. Um, and, And it's it's unfortunate because. Yeah. If you're a politician and you're, 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 sitting in a council chamber week after week, people come in and they say you're doing a terrible job and they don't even know the whole picture that you do. Yeah, I get but, that, but you have to keep that at forefront that that that's their right. And ultimately they will yeah. ha- understand the truth that maybe you're missing.
0: Well, here's the thing the this year people have a final say to uh, kick people that are give them another crack. They can, um, I, I think it's safe to say we both agree that Terry Whitehead should be shown the door uh, after his years of service because I don't, I don't see how his being elected will help uh, council. It won't shake things up. It'll just make things worse. Um, well, ultimately, and I'd
1: say this for every council in Ontario, not just Hamilton, ultimately, if you randomly picked councillors, you just you know, stuck a pin in the phone directory, if phone directory still existed, and picked people and put them on council and gave them the same training that counselors get they would do just as good a job after about 2 weeks um, and often better you know it's not anybody can do it which is why there's no qualifications other than how many doors can you can you knock on i mean it's nice if you've got some bright sparks with some original ideas in there but it's not actually essential uh, and you know i'd rather have someone with an open mind um, which someone you just pick off the street probably would have, because they don't come into it with a whole load of political baggage, uh, than someone with a closed mind. Um, it's it's really a, a method of of selection that I the older I get, that I'm a bigger and bigger fan of. Just pick anybody other than the people who want the job.
0: <laughs> Why don't we leave it on that note for uh, this week? Uh, so thanks everyone for staying uh, with us for this episode. We'll be live on election night at nine. 9- uh, PM. So put a pencil lesson in, uh, in your calendar for that, and we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode of the 905er. Thank you for listening. As always, you can send us your feedback, thoughts, and concerns, or ideas for future episodes to our email, info at 905 We'd love to hear from you.